Philippians chapter 1. I appreciate so much the opportunity to be part of the fruit of Brother Wayne's ministry. I am the fermented fruit of Brother Wayne's ministry. (laughs) For those that don't know, I had this elaborate, beautiful Brother Chris Hanks exegetical homiletical jewel, you know. And I'm driving from, our Stacy's driving this morning from Covington to here, and God sort of trashed that thing, and now I know why. I just want to give you my heart because I am a living example of the grace and the ministry of Whitfield Baptist Church. We look and we say, does it, does it really matter? Does what we do really matter? I know whether it's in your profession or whether it's in a preacher's profession, sometimes you, Brother Howard Clore, you just, you just look and you, you ask yourself, not that you're having a, a pity party, but, I mean, does it matter? Does it matter the years I've put in? Does it matter the things that I've said? Does it matter the sacrifices I've made? Does it matter the things? Does, 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 does any of this, does any of this really matter? And one thing at Whitfield Baptist Church, can, you can do as you look at how many bus routes have been run? How much gas has been spent? How many children's activities have you hosted? How many teen events? How many sponsorships into the schools and all the things that you've done in the couples classes and the singles classes and the ambassadors classes or the younger classes or the more mature classes? And we, we sometimes ask ourselves, I mean, the doors and the doors and the doors and the tracks and the tracks and the time and the time and the prayer and the prayer. Does it really matter? And this is one of the very few churches that can look at that map of the world. And you can see where it matters. You can look at the lives that have been changed, the people's lives that have been affected. Even you are sitting here today as a living testimony of the ministry, not just of Brother Wayne and Miss Connie, but of Whitfield Baptist Church. It's you who have poured your life out into the lives of other people. Because understand this, we... We were looking and Stacy was saying, well, that's so-and-so's child and that's so-and-so's child. And it makes you feel older when so-and-so's child's shaven. Is anybody with me? And I looked at Stacy and I was like, you're getting old, amen. But we, our times, our time is the Lord Jesus Christ tarries. Let me ask you, dear friend, how much time do we really, really have? And there are some things we will stand before the Father and that's going to really matter. There are some things that's not going to matter at all. And one thing that Whitfield Baptist Church has done is it has invested itself into that which really matters. And you know what matters? People. See, people matter. I saw Miss Connie get up here. And for those that don't know her, it won't take long for you to realize that wasn't a pastor's wife's show. That wasn't made up or formulated for a special day. That is, that is her heart. The times I've seen her weeping in classrooms, the time where the offices were down here up front and they were so small and you'd have the one office that was the secretary's office and Brother Wayne's office and they were just so small but they were two offices side by side and people would sit in there waiting for him and his counsel was always wonderful. But I watched time and again as, as her counsel. As she was like the pre-counselors is for people to love on them and encourage them before they went in and saw pastor. See, one thing I love about this church, and I think that you still have, and I pray that you never lose, is it's all about people. Now, it's all about God's glory. Please don't misunderstand me, but for the glory of God, see, we love people. We minister to people. We want to love people. And I look at Philippians 1 and verse 6, and you guys are all very, very lucky uh, that it is uh, 12.05, and... um, I, have, I don't have about, about 15 minutes of voice, and so for all you dear saints of God that prayed for my voice to last for 15 minutes, God bless you. 
And you come back tonight because, see, what I've prayed is, God, you've given me 15 minutes, but you've given Chris Hanks 15 hours. <laughs> Amen. So, Brother Chris, you, you, you pull in my slack tonight, okay? Philippians chapter 1 and verse 1, and if you would allow me just to share my heart with you, because I love this church very, very, very much. Paul and Timotheus. I could tell right there and preach a sermon. The word and, would you circle that? Because the ministry of Whitfield Baptist Church has been Paul and Timothy. Paul and Titus. Paul and put in the names. And one man after another man, one young lady after another young lady, God has brought me through this church, people after people that they might learn, and they've coupled up with them. How many of you have been to the Cofield house, and you've watched the football game? And if you were one of the special ones, Miss Connie would go to the kitchen while you're watching the football game, and I still don't know how she does it, but I'm just putting in some brownie points for when I come over. Heavenly Father knows that she makes some kind of egg sandwich like nobody makes. And they make sandwiches are so good that it doesn't matter who wins or loses the football game because you just don't care after one bite. How many of you have been to their home? How many of you have sat in their living room? How many have driven in the cars? Gone on visitation, knocked on doors? How many restaurants have you sat at? Tables for some of the greatest sermons that I've ever heard in my life. Yes, they came from here. But they came from the table at the restaurant. Seeing who could outmatch each other eating the hot sauce and both being so stinking prideful that we would start crying before we'd say we'd give, Brother Darrell. Amen. It would start with something like this. I read this in my Bible today. Brother Tony, I want to share this with you. Paul and... Where's your, where's your and at, church? Now, I don't say that mean. There's not a mean bone in my body this morning. But what has made Whitfield Baptist Church so great is the word and. It's Chris Hanks and, and look what they're doing in Colorado. It's Mark Coffey and, it's Stephen Underwood and, it's Kevin Hall and, it's Jeremy Hall and, and we can go on and on and on and on. It's the, it's the and. That's, that's what makes this church so powerful is the and. I watch the day people get up I've never met before. And I'm sitting there thinking either they're, either they're new to the church or it's been a long time since I've been here and somebody's in trouble. I mean, be invited back more often. There's no honor among thieves. But I watched you get up and I watched you share. You know what I watched? And the reason I just have total liberty, I could close right now and I could say it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. Because I tell you what I've watched, if you miss Sunday school, from Sunday school through, through this service, it's amazing how everybody came up to give a word of testimony and even the women in this church preach now. Did y'all notice that? Was I the only one sitting there going, Pre preach, sister, amen, glory to God. Don't y'all laugh at me. One of the women in here says amen more than you men do. I'm going to take her home with me. I'm going to plant her right in the church, and I'm just going to have one of them buttons. I'm going to press it, and it's going to buzz her a little bit. Amen! See, it's the end. 
Who are you bringing along with you? Who are you training? Who are you helping? Who are you loving? Who are you encouraging? Don't get so caught up in your life that you miss the end. See, he... he let me... i got to go. Paul and Timotheus, the servants. He taught us how to serve. What he didn't tell you about that kumbaya moment at the altar that was all warm and fuzzy. And it was very, very good. I don't regret it at all. Which is also, it was also after the great idea we all came up with about having watch night services and let's have soup and sandwiches. And let's use paper plates and stuff. And let's put the bags outside. And let's let the dogs get into it. And so after we had this moment right here where we were just, oh, Gordon, and it was, it was sweet, it was wonderful, it was, I mean, it was great. I mean, it was like, Lord, thank you that you've called me to the ministry. I mean, it was reverberating into my soul. And then the pastor looks at me and says, I think the dog's got the trash. <laughs> now, if you don't know what that means for the assistant pastor, that means you're going to take your kumbaya moment in your shirt and tie, and you're going to pick up trash to the point place you hate animals. Are you with me? But he taught us how to be a servant. I hate heights. Still don't like them. Don't like them. Not for it. I'm not for heights. Heaven's good. I'm for that, but just quick. And so, what was my one of my first jobs? Well, you know, being a preacher, you know, I had had nice had nice pair of brown shoes, tan pants. Nice striped shirt, solid tie. Going to the house of God to be the youth pastor. Man, the next thing I know, there's a ladder against that gutter over there. There's a man that's twice as old as I am, maybe three, probably three times as old as I was at that point in time. Jerked a bucket of tar up on the roof. Brother Wayne sends me up there to fix the roof with, and I forgot the older gentleman's name that we're fixing the roof with, and I'm sitting there going... Why did I wear a tie? <laughs> and those are funny stories, and i got to hurry. But I share that to say one thing that Brother Wayne taught us was Paul and Timothy, the, the servants. Oh, Brother Wayne knew that I probably had a little bit of pomp and circumstance in me, and I've always been the pretty boy of the ministry bunch. I, I, I confess I've got a little girly man in me. I know that. I, <laughs> I like, I like prim, proper. I took the flower off because it was crooked and it was driving me crazy. I, I'm, I'm working on these things. Be patient with me. And I, Brother Wayne saw that. Brother Wayne saw that I was a little prideful, that I was in a staff position. And God used him to show me that it's not your title that makes you a minister of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he not only taught us that, I remember sitting in that office after we had remodeled and I was pulled out of the electrical closet. I'm just saying, God used him to work on my pride. And once I was pulled out of timeout, I was given an office. And I remember sitting, sitting back there, back where Jason is now, and 
uh, or that office where Jason's at now. And I remember sitting there, and man, I was getting a hold of God, and I had something for the teenagers, and I'm like, glory to God. I mean, it's kind of glorious God coming down. It's like a Michelangelo picture with a hand coming. I mean, it was, I mean, I could feel, feel, I mean, I could feel God moving. And then I felt my chair vibrating. And I'm like, okay, well, what's that? And I look behind the window there in his white shirt, his tie. I believe he had suspenders on that day, black pants. He said, if you've never been here and saw the old riding lawnmower that we used to have around here, it was like the old Massey Ferguson type look. He's bouncing on the lawnmower with this big, goofy, goofy grin on his face, and he's cutting five acres of grass. And I remember sitting there, and I started, I started, I just, I just started rolling. And then I said this, and I remember it very distinctly in my soul. I said, Lord, thank you for a preacher that there's no job that's too small for him. And then I went outside, and I tried to get him off the tractor because I felt guilty that I was sitting inside, and he was out there riding that tractor, amen. <laughs> Are you a servant? Where's your aunt at today? Are they sitting beside you in the house of God? Are they coming to the baptistry to get baptized? Are they joining the Sunday school class? See, we've learned a lot of things. We've learned to pour our lives, out, lives into the lives of other people. We've, we've learned how to, we've, he's taught us whether we've learned it or not. I'm not sure how to be servants. Look at verse 3. Look at verse 3 with me. He says, for your, uh, verse 3 says, um, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. He taught us how to be thankful. I think Jason said it a while ago, and, and, and again, if, if you're new, none of this is meant disrespectful because I think I would fit in the category of the people that respect this man as much, if not more, than anybody else here. But thankful. I, I started, I think, when I was like 19. And so I had a lot of rough edges. At almost 50, I still have a lot of rough edges, but God's shaping them down a little bit. But I remember watching Brother Wayne, and I was always very defensive. And people would come against him or say something about him. I was ready to rip their head off. I mean, I thought that was in the Bible somewhere. I think I, I, think I read it in the book of Hezekiah. Amen. <laughs> Thou shalt rip off the head of anybody that comes against your pastor. Amen. And then I want, see, the lesson, again, right here for, for a preacher is a beautiful place. It's just a special place. But it's not the only place. And I remember watching his reactions to people, and I watched him, how he took people that had hurt him and Connie deeply. And then he'd pray for them. Now, I'm like the disciples. I'm not God. I don't know why I'm preaching. Chris, I wish you'd come up here. Because I, I, I was, a, and I still got a little bit of sin in me. I got a little redneck in me. I mean, I don't, don't be surprised by this outfit. And Brother Wade started praying for him by name. And I'm like, yes, Lord, rain down the fire and the judgment of God. I thought that was what he's going to say. Are you with, is anybody, if you're with me, say amen. And so I'm over there. I mean, I, I am pulling down the wrath of God. And then I look over there. And I don't mean to embarrass him by no means. Gosh, I don't. But I'd see words stop coming out of his mouth. And I, I would just look over and I'd see his shoulders quaking. I thank God upon every remembrance. The good, the bad, the ugly, doesn't matter. One thing that I love about this man is he did not let the situations choose his attitude. He chose his attitude before anything ever happened to him. Now, you got somebody in your life that you need to choose the right attitude about? you got a situation that's controlling your attitude? Or is your attitude that's been predetermined on the Word of God determine your situation? Does that make sense? Say amen or no. 
Brother Wayne's the only, I, I don't know if I, Brother Chris Hanks, I don't mean to pick on you either, but I don't, I don't know. Am, am I, am I, can I talk to you for a minute? Am I right in saying that as preachers of all the places you know I've been, that he's the weirdest one we've ever met? Yes? We'd finish the service, and I'd come into the staff meeting, dreading the staff meeting. It had been a bad day. The numbers were off. The devil was present. God wasn't there. I mean, you know what? I, I know you had never, I mean, are you, it was one of those days. And I'd come in, and just for a good measure, I'd do like this. Just hope maybe, if they're right... Because I knew, I knew as a staff member, I was supposed to get ripped, amen. And I come in and all of a sudden he's smiling. I'm, I'm like, okay, that's, that's step one. I'm not gonna, I'm, maybe I'm not going to get fired today, man. And then he'd look and he'd go, wow! And I'm like, okay, are we barring Brother Larry Styles pot? What's going on here? I mean, I uh, don't know. I'm not saying Brother Larry's still into that. Carolyn may have kept a little bit for souvenirs. I don't know. But he'd be like, wow! I'm like, wow! Because you know, I don't know if you understand, you've ever been in a position where you're the staff member and you just don't know. Sunday was great! Boy, did you sense the Holy Spirit of God moving inside? I'm going, no. He's like, man, it was great. <laughs> and I'd sit there for 30 minutes lying. And then I would repent going, dear God in heaven, where am I at? Where is my mind? Where is my spirit? I mean, it didn't matter what it was. You are, you are one of the most positive men, thankful men I have ever met in my life. We'd go through a Sunday school campaign that you say, preacher, how did, Brother Tony, how did it really go? <laughs> you mean give you the logistics of it? <laughs> we go in there, but we go, I would tell you, that was awesome. Maybe not as good as we want to, but I was woke up this morning and I got this idea and I wrote it down. And Brother Jason, here it comes. You know, let's do more in 2004. You know, here I mean, what? No matter the situation, no matter the per person, no matter what happened, I think, see, he taught me to, um, taught me to be thankful. And see the good in people. Even when bad wanted to manifest itself. I didn't know what was going to come into my life after Whitfield. But God did. Some of it, i got to be honest with you, has been absolutely spectacular. And some of it has been extremely difficult. I remember looking back at those situations and thinking about Pastor Cofield and how you handle things. And I want to thank God for every person in every situation. He says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. And he's talking about a place where Paul got his tail whooped. Do you control your thoughts? Your thoughts control you? Look at verse 4, let me go on. Always in every prayer of mine for you all making requests with joy. Brother Wayne taught us how we, can, we work like it all depends on us. And we pray like it all depends on God. He taught us that the most important thing, church, is, is prayer. Because if God doesn't do it, it's not going to get done. How much prayer has gone into your life, my life, today, tomorrow, the future? How much prayer has gone into it? 
Paul says, always in every prayer of mine, making requests with joy. It's not a burden, it's a joy. How many of y'all remember the Friday night prayer meetings? This is going to be an older clientele. Friday night prayer meetings. Raise them high now. Come on, I'm blind as a bat. Raise them Friday night prayer meetings. How many of y'all remember the Sand Mountain prayer retreats praying? Amen. How many of of y'all remember Brother Randy praying in the Spirit? I'm just saying, amen, amen. Randy's always been one of my best buddies. We'd pray together. We'd get alongside each other, man. One was down, the other one was lifted up. Randy forsook me one night. Boy, he, he got in the Holy Ghost. The next thing I heard was... <laughs> but on those prayer retreats, how many, how many times... We've seen God just do some mighty things. Some of your family sitting here today because of who was prayed for on that mountain. That's right. People are here today because across this altar, men got on their face before God and asked God in heaven to do great and mighty things. There have been people whose bodies have been touched. There's people who have been saved. There's people whose families have been put back together. There's things that God has wrought and God has done because of prayer. And Paul said, I want you to understand that for always in every prayer of mine for you all making requests with joy, the, the purpose of prayer for your fellowship in the gospel, us being able to work in the ministry around here, us being, whether it's with the children or so on. I'm just going through these verses to get to the main key. And I want to share that with you for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. One thing I love about Brother Wayne is when I first started the ministry, he was with me. What I love about you and Miss Connie, what I deeply respect about you. See, everybody gets excited about the first day. And though I'm not old, I'm not as young as I used to be. Everybody got excited about the first day. But in that passage, what is meaning more and more to me is the words until now. There's been some good times, some bad times, some funny times, and some not-so-funny times. But this church has been a friend to the Howarth family. This church has been a friend to my wife, to the Johnson family. This church has been a strength and a help through every step that we've gone through. See, he said for this fellowship of the gospel from the first day until now. Who needs you to stick with them? Who needs you to go back to them? Who's not doing what they ought to do, but that God could use you, Whitfield Baptist Church, to get them in the right direction? Paul says, from the first day until now, and I'm going to close. You've listened good. It's been a good service. Being confident in this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. That's talking about our salvation, but even beside our salvation, you know, God's doing a work within your life. I want you to just understand this, and some are new and I don't have the connection with you like I'd like to have, and I apologize for that. But see, what nobody's telling you if you're new is you didn't see the guy that walked in. I was incredibly good looking. I had long flowing hair that was naturally curly. You guys, are, you're, you're laughing, but you women would be haters of my hair. I'm just saying. Just saying. Blue jeans with little holes in them in the thigh. See all these kids, y'all think y'all cool? Before y'all were born, we already cool. I mean, I'm just... <laughs> can anybody over? Can anybody say amen? You kids, you kids, teenagers, y'all just trying to catch up. That's all y'all doing. <sighs> Love my blue jean jacket. 
had the collar styled just right. Hey, listen, don't be haters. I'm just saying I was all that. I'm just, don't, be, don't be jealous. I didn't know nothing about this church. But there was this little 90-pound girl that had caught my eye and I had charmed her with my ways. <laughs> and she really, I'll be honest with you, she blew me out of the water when she said, uh, yeah, I'll go out with you. I'll see you at 2134 Dugout Road Sunday morning, Switfield Baptist Church. And then she said, Sunday school starts at 10. Now, I don't care how cool you are, you just put your collar down, tuck in your shirt, and walk away. Because that just knocked all the cool slap dab out of me. But that Sunday, I, I, I walked in. And chairs were metal chairs. They weren't nice pews. And I ain't never heard such in my life. I know y'all been raised around camp, meeting, preaching, hollering, yelling, nodding, all that kind of stuff, amening, and all that kind of stuff. I was, I was very, uh, I just went into that. I wasn't, I wasn't exposed to that. And all of a sudden, this guy gets up there and starts, I'm talking about red face. I didn't know a man's veins on his neck could just stick out like that. Is anybody with me? And I, 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 I'm be honest. Now again, I'm gonna be honest with you. I wasn't raised around that. Don't y'all be judging me. And then all of a sudden, white stuff. On the, are y'all with me? And it started growing. Now I'm, I'm, I'm 18, unexposed. I'm like. Man, that brother got rabies. <laughs> Are y'all, is, is anybody with me? Oh, no, some of y'all sitting there going, and, and you're, you're pious and you're judgmental. You don't understand. I came from, the, the, take whatever level you think you know God on and drop me down about three more levels. I was dumb as dirt. I didn't have the old time preaching hour at my house. And I'm like, Think I'll come back tonight. I think I'll come back Wednesday. And from that very first time, it wasn't just about Stacy. I ain't never seen much. I never seen that. You say, did you understand theologically what he was saying? Uh uh-uh. uh. I didn't know soteriology, I didn't know none of the theologies. Laugh. I didn't know the books of the Bible. I didn't know. But all of a sudden, this guy's up there, and I'm like, I don't know if I understand everything that he's saying. But I've been involved in athletics, and I've had coaches in my face, and I've been around passion. I've been around fervency. I've been around, I knew, I knew that. And I remember sitting there with Stacy. And we would face this way, and then we face this way at the remodeling and all. And I remember sitting and thinking, I don't, I don't know everything he's saying. I can't find it quick enough when he says, turn to these names. I don't know these names yet. But this man, whatever he is saying, he really, 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 really believes what he's saying. And if he believes it that much, I'll, I've got to find out if it's true.
You gave me a chance from the first day until now. Brother Raymond believes in people. He believes in you. They say, oh, prove it. He's still here. You go show me another, you go show me somebody else that has 40 years in any job. The same company. Alaskan crews, you guys should buy them Alaska. I'd like to come fishing. Being confident in this very thing that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it to the edge of Jesus Christ. Remember, verse 7 sums it all up. Even as it is meet, appropriate, right, natural for me to think this of you all. And this is the key. Because I have you where? I have you in my... All together, one, two, three, I have you in my... I want you to look at me 30 sec- 60 seconds. I'm serious. You guys are listening good. I- I've gone longer than I wanted. I had, man, I had some stuff out of second Thessalonians that was just good. It's good. But I started thinking 40 years. How does a man stay in one place 40 years? How does a pastor's wife 40 years? 40 years, 40 years, 40 years. I started thinking about this love thing, and I'm like, at, 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 at Newton, our philosophy of, uh, of, that we go by that people get to handle on is L O V E. Loving God, others first, vision for the world, and enjoying life. And we get that from Philippians and having you in my heart. Having you in my heart. I, I signed my stuff. You're in my heart. In my heart. From the, in my heart. In my heart. And I, I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm like, you know, I'm just so close to God and love Jesus so much that this was just divinely given to me. And Lord, thank you for this special revelation you've given me, right? And I'm sitting there, I'm thinking... There's no special revelation on this thing. Darryl, you know where I learned all this from? Right here. It was said of Napoleon that one of his soldiers was shot. They did not have the anesthesia that we have today. And as he was going in, the surgeon was cutting the soldier. The, the, the metal ball had lodged quite deeply and as the surgeon was going in and the grimace, the soldier looked at the surgeon and says, Be careful! If you go any deeper, you'll find Napoleon. Because he was shot close to his heart. And what the soldier was saying, If you cut any deeper, what you're going to find is my great love for Napoleon. Because Napoleon is in my heart. Paul said, it's only natural because you Philippians are in my heart. I look at Newton Baptist Church and I tell them I love them because they're in my heart. And the reason that is true is because I watched a woman named Connie Cofield and I watched a man named Wayne Cofield. And if you cut them deep enough, what you'll see come out is Whitfield Baptist Church. Because the only way that this happens right here is somebody's got to put you in their heart. Does that make sense, amen or no? So my question to you is this. You are in their heart. Who is in yours? Father, we love you so much. We pray that you'd bless this good church.
So many, so many things could be said. Oh, my soul. Thank you for the influence and impact of Miss Connie and of Brother Wayne. And I pray, Father, today that we would make spiritual decisions that would impact days to come. Maybe some folks need to get involved in ministry. Maybe they need an and in their life. Maybe some folks need to get reattached and get some until now in their life. Maybe some folks, Father, need to get some love going on and get people in their hearts and start caring about other folks. I don't know what all the needs are. But Father in heaven, I pray that you would bless and I pray that you would touch. And the most important thing, God, if there's one in our midst today that does not know Jesus Christ as their Savior, that if they were to die today, they do not have assurance knowing that heaven is their home. I pray that today will be the day that they might place their faith and place their trust in you. 